At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more. Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Good show for you today. Jason Weingarten of the Wide World of Weingarten Podcast will join us. We'll talk some American League East win totals. Then we'll hop around uh, the American League and get his thoughts on futures, rookie of the year, uh, what he's seen from spring training, what he's betting. I think he's also got some golf long shots that he likes. He's really good with that. So excited for that. Start here with the NBA as both teams are in action. Knicks and Hornets in Charlotte. Hornets lane eight. At Bet River Sportsbook, total 225. This line is a little high. I know the Knicks are off of a back-to-back here. Tough loss last night against Atlanta. Especially tough. We, we told you to take the three and a half last night as we went one and one. Although the Devils were like plus 145. So uh, if you bet both of those, you made a little money. Knicks led most of that game. And this has been a theme all year after in what has been a disappointing season. Knicks continue to blow lead after lead, night after night. Uh, they led this game most of the way last night. I was kind of... Uh, you know, I was watching a lot of it and then flipping around watching some other things with an eye on the score. And, you know, it felt pretty good that they were going to win the game. Forget covering it. They had the lead, like I said, a, a pretty good lead uh, for the most part last night. Hawks finished the game on a uh, an impressive run to not only win the game, but to cover it uh, last night in New York. 117-111 the finals. Again, just a, uh, a tough beat last night. If you had the Knicks plus three and a half, you get those with the NBA. But I, I do think this line is a little high. Uh, for a Knicks team that, look, you can quibble with Thibodeau in terms of, you know, is he playing too many older veterans? Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Should you be playing, you know, topping more? Should you be playing quickly more? Should you be playing, you know, Grimes and the Cam Reddishes of the world? Absolutely. 
absolutely, that's a it's a fair criticism. Uh, as I'm looking now, yeah, Knicks were up by at least ten in the fourth quarter last night, and it's been par for the courses. The Knicks just continue to blow leads. I mean, you, but like I was saying, you can quibble with Thibodeau in terms of you know the rotations. Uh, you know, schematically, I know, you, hey, you should attack Trey Young more, this and that. The Knicks have actually played pretty hard. So, again, I don't know that the Hornets should be laying eight to anybody uh, in the Knicks. Look, a lot of these teams in the NBA are tanking. If you see these scores between the Blazers and the Thunder, a lot of these teams are tanking. The Knicks, probably in their best interest to tank, but that's just not Thibodeau's style. So, uh, you're getting eight tonight. That's, uh, to me, that's a, a pretty good value here, even though it's second night of a back-to-back. And what has been, look, it's been a disappointing season for the Knicks. We knew after last year there would probably be some regression. team never should have been a four seed. Uh, it was really the, the circumstances were just all in their favor. The stars were kind of aligned in terms of, you know, it was coming off a bubble, shortened season. A lot of superstars were hurt. A lot of superstars were rested. Knicks weren't in a bu- the Knicks weren't at the bubble. Knicks weren't in the bubble, so the Knicks didn't have any superstars to rest to begin with. Knicks weren't, you know, coming off this short off season. Knicks had plenty of time to rest. They played hard every night. Uh, and look, effort gets you a long way in the NBA, especially last year. And I think, you know, that four seed w- was completely misleading. And then they get drubbed by Atlanta in the playoffs. We're kind of seeing that this year, where uh, last year was was really kind of a fluke. And the East has gotten better too. The East. Kind of like the AFC, not not as dramatic, but for a while the NFC I feel like was better than the AFC. Now the the East is better than the West, where for years it was really for for a lot of years the West was much better than the East. It's not the case anymore. The East is pretty uh pretty deep and pretty good. But Knicks plus eight tonight is a play. I'm surprised that's eight. Knicks are uh, Nets are also in action minus two in Memphis. Total two thirty eight, which is really about as high a total as you'll see in the NBA. Uh, usually when you see a high total like that, it's for a reason. So I'll probably stay away from the total. Uh, I do like the Nets here. Morant's not playing for the Grizzlies. I know they've been playing well, uh, and they've got Triple J. They've got a lot of good players. They've had a hell of a year, and I don't think they'll get to a finals Memphis, but if, if you told me they're in a conference finals in, in a West that's not as good, it's kind of wide open, I wouldn't be shocked. But again, no Morant tonight. This is a road game that Kyrie can play in. Uh, as far as I know, Durant is playing. So uh, the, the Nets need these games nets aren't in, don't have the luxury of hey we'll we'll just punt in this game and we'll we'll go at it in a couple of days they're fighting off charlotte they're fighting off uh atlanta here for the 8 seed and again we we've talked about it the relevance of the 8 seed uh is enormous between being the 8 and being the 9 difference between having two chances to win one game and having to go 2 and 0 just to get in the playoffs if you're the 9 or the 10 you got to go 2 and 0 just to get in the playoffs if you're the 8 you get two chances. All you got to do is win one of the two games, and you are in the playoffs. So big difference between eight and nine, and Nets, Hornets, Hawks all kind of bunched up. Nets are a few games behind Toronto. I don't think they'll catch them for the seven, but they should be uh, okay here to hang on to the eight seed. And look, you can win a game in Toronto. Even without Kyrie, you could probably still win that game. And if you lose, all right, you beat Charlotte or Atlanta at home. It's not impossible. So uh, it is important here the Nets get the eight seed, and I do think they will. And I like them tonight. I'm surprised it's only minus two, minus 130 on the money line at Bet Rivers. Again, that's a high total of 238. So, uh, back in both local teams. Sometimes I'm hard on the local teams. I don't think I'm unfair. But whether it's the Jets, the Giants, look, there's not a lot of good things to say about the Jets and the Giants. And you know, obviously been hard on the Yankees in terms of their off season, rightfully so. But gonna be a little more positive table. We'll take the Knicks plus the points. We'll take the Nets. Might as well just take them on the money line here, minus 130. I do think they'll win the game tonight. A game they. Not have to have, but look, there's only 10 of these left. We're, we're getting towards the end here. You can't afford to just give away a game or he, game or two here or there. Uh, it, it'll cost you, especially Charlotte's, you know, I, I, they're 
favored to win tonight. So Charlotte wins and you lose. There you are. You're you're uh, you're tied with Charlotte. So that's uh, these are these are big games for the Nets. A lot of these games down the stretch with the NBA, it's tough. You know, who's playing? Who's trying hard? Some of these teams are just kind of crawling to the finish line here. A lot of these teams are trying not to win. Uh, Nets are not one of those teams. Nets need this game. So uh, Nets minus 130. I would think this closes closer to two or three unless uh, we get some news that Durant or Kyrie is not playing. Uh, I would expect this to maybe even go up a little bit. So I would bet this and I would bet this now uh, on the Nets. Money line to go along with the Knicks. Uh, before we get to Jason, I do want to mention a couple of odds boosts at Bet Rivers that are interesting. Uh, this is an NTA tournament one. Duke and Texas Tech. Uh, you need this. You need Duke to win and it to go over 136.5. That is plus 265 at Bet Rivers. That's a nice little odds boost they're giving you. And here's another fun one. Iowa State men and women to advance to the Elite Eight plus 210. Uh, I don't have a lot of insight on the Lady Cyclones of Iowa State. But Iowa, Iowa State, Miami on the men's side will be an interesting game. It's amazing. One of those teams is one win away from the Final Four. So, uh, again, those are odds boosts. Uh, Bet Rivers puts those up every day. So, important to look at those, take advantage of those. Those two that uh, really jumped out at me. So, always take a look at Bet Rivers. Their odds boosts. Go to the Bet Rivers app and see what they have to offer. It's a uh, a vast menu, a wide variety of options, especially this time of the year with baseball starting and all their futures. Uh, NBA, NCAA tournament. So go to betrivers.com, check out the Bet Rivers app. Speaking of baseball, when we come back, Jason Weingarten on futures, the AL East, win totals, and some golf bets at 101 that he likes. That is next. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Turning Madness is in full swing at Bet Rivers, and you can receive a 50% profit boost if you complete three missions in the next two rounds. If you can bet an underdog to win in the round of 16, win an in-game bet in the quarterfinals, and place a parlay of at least three legs, you'll score this huge boost. Terms and conditions apply. See the app for official rules and get your bet in at Bet Rivers before the next round ends. Must be 21 plus, available in New York only, void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. All right, New York City cast, Bet River Sportsbook. We are back, and he is back. Baseball about, what, two weeks away? I think next Thursday, April 7th, or two weeks from tomorrow, is Thursday, April 7th. Baseball will begin again, and to help us preview uh, some Major League Baseball stuff. We'll, we'll do, go through some divisions. There is nobody better than our next guest, and that is the host of the Wide World of Weingarten podcast, Jason Weingarten. Jason, what's going on, man? Not much. How's it going? Just getting ex- excited for baseball. We got March Madness. It's a uh, it's a pretty good time of year, so, uh, so I'm excited. Glad we have it back. Uh, I guess we can start here with the AL East. I, I want to get into some win totals here, uh, and then we'll just kind of hop around. Um, first of all, do you have any bets on any win totals? Uh, yeah, I know you're more of a futures, you know, props guy, but do you have anything on win totals? Yeah, just bet a couple win totals. Uh, I think it was yesterday or the day before. I just just started betting them. I got I bet I got the Reds under 79, sorry, 75 and a half wins. Got the Rockies over 69 and a half wins. The Brewers over 88 and a half wins, and the Athletics under uh, 71 and a half. Yeah, I'm with you on the the uh, the A's and the Reds. I, I totally agree. I think both of them, you know, obviously they've sold off and they'll continue to sell off. So those are ones uh, I'm with you on. Let's just get into it here. Rays 89 and a half uh, in the AL East. Now the AL East, the division odds. These teams are all bunched up. Rays, Yankees, Jays, even the Red Sox, not too far behind. 
Uh, it's funny. I, I've been screaming about the Jays. Plus 275 to win the division is such a good bet for the last week or so. I went to look today. I never got around to betting it, and now it's down to plus 200. So uh, that's always kind of frustrating. But let's start with the race here. 89 and a half wins. Won 100 games last year. You figure, at least I figure, there's probably some regression coming. It's hard to duplicate that kind of performance, especially in a good division. But that regression is certainly baked into the number here. Uh, 89 and a half. Any lean here with the Rays? My worry about the Rays this year is the the pitching depth. You know, they always find ways and, and pull out guys that you're like, where where'd Drew Rasmussen come from? You know, where'd this guy come from? And they get quality innings out of guys you've never heard of before. But I'm I'm concerned that Tyler Glass now isn't ready to start the season. Uh, Shane Baz isn't ready to start the season. You know, you have to replace those innings somewhere. And it wouldn't surprise me if, if the Rays, you know, did regress a little bit just because their pitching depth isn't as uh, what it used to be. Although, you know, they added like Corey Kluber and stuff. It's just you never know what the Rays, what they're going to get out of some of these guys. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, I would look to be on the under just because I think there's regression coming. I just never like to be on the other side of the Rays. It feels like, like you said, they always find a way to make more out of less. Uh, they always find a way to kind of overachieve. So 89.5, if you had a forced lean here, would you go over or under if you had to bet it? I'd probably go under just because of the competitiveness of this division. I don't yeah. think anybody's going to really get a leg up on anybody. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, I'm kind of with you. I'm kind of with you on that one. Uh, Yankees, 92 and a half. Um, I, look, I'm shocked. They, I'm not shocked. I, they, they did nothing this, this offseason. I thought they'd at least get one of these guys, whether it's Freeman, Correa. They really, I mean, a 36-year-old Josh Donaldson who's always hurt, third baseman. I mean, that's a not a great offseason here for the Yankees. Uh, 92 and a half. I, I kind of feel like they can squeak over that just with Judge, Stanton. You figure LeMahieu bounces back. Cole is still Cole. I have a slight lean to the over here uh, just because I do think they have that top-end talent. Any you know, force play here for the Yankees, which way would you go? I think the hardest thing about taking a Yankees win total right now is not knowing the uh, resolution of the, the private vaccine mandate in New York at the start of the season and how that can affect the uh, you know Aaron Judge and potentially other players on the roster playing at home. Um, we already know some guys are going to miss games in Toronto, but uh, they really need to to figure out what they're doing with this uh, this this private sector vaccine mandate in New York before the season starts because it's going to affect the Mets and the Yankees. Um, I would probably lean under just because, the, like you were saying, they went out and got jo Josh Donaldson. I feel like the Yankees are the, the way they put together this team. It really only takes one or two things to go wrong, uh, one major injury to a pitcher, and you can likely see them go under uh, 92 and a half games pretty easy. Yeah, you could talk me into that because the flip side of that is, uh, of my argument is, look, Judge and Stanton, they've had injury concerns, but they were pretty healthy last year. They were healthy pretty much the whole year. Cole was healthy pretty much the whole year, got a little banged up at the end. And you still only want, want the, I think they won 92 games last year, and that's with things going pretty well. Uh, I think in order for them to have a big year, I think Severino's a huge key. Now, you can't really count on him, but you know the potential's there. I think you need LeMahieu to bounce back. So I think the potential's there, but you worry, too, the bottom of the lineup. You know, Usually you think the Yankees, one through nine, just this dynamite lineup. You know, They're going to have a catcher who can't really hit. They're going to put Kiner Falaif out there, can't really hit. I mean, there's, like you said, one injury, and this whole thing could, could come crashing down here. Yeah, the thing you mentioned, Severino, too. I actually like Severino a lot. 100-1 to 1 for Cy Young, still available. Um, 
know, I think that's a really big number. Good, good arm. I, I, I when I, when I look at Cy Youngs, I, I it's sort of like horse racing for me. You have to sort of identify the pedigree and the guys who have the stuff, sort of like the horses, you know, and their their speed figures and stuff. And Severino's definitely an electric arm that that can make a difference. He's a he's a Cy Young caliber pitcher. A hundred to one gets my attention. Yeah, uh, it, it's interesting because I thought of him too. The only concern would be innings limit. You know, he hasn't really pitched a lot. Remember, he got hurt I don't, in two thousand. I don't bother with inning limits anymore. I used to. I used to be a huge proponent and have a very strict criteria for innings limits with Cy Young. But Corbin Burns last year set the precedent that yeah, you know, uh, uh, in this modern era of pitching, you could win a Cy Young with one hundred sixty-eight innings as a starter. So I don't. I don't use like a. I used to use 180 to 200 innings sort of as a criteria for starting pitchers. Now I'm, I'm willing to make exceptions because of the, the, the recent uh, trends in, in voting. Makes sense because, you know, he's not going to throw a ton of innings, but a lot of these guys aren't going to throw a ton of innings. So you maybe you get some uh, some leeway there. That's a, it's a good point. Yeah, there's, um, there's you know, really only a handful of guys that you could rely on right now to throw 200 right. innings. Garrett Cole being one of them. When It's unfortunate when it's your own teammate because you got to beat your own teammate, but... Really, there's only a handful of guys in, in the entire MLB that you can call 200 inning pitchers anymore. Yeah, plus he's on a team with a pretty good bullpen. It's the Yankees, so if he has a great year, it's not like he's going to fly under the radar. So, yeah, that's uh, that that's actually worth worth a look there. I got to look at that one. It's funny, 2017, the end of that season, 2018, the beginning. You know, Severino was, if not the best pitcher, not the best pitcher in baseball, but if you took into account age and, you know, just who you'd want for the next five, six years, Severino was definitely on that short list. It's just he got hurt at the end of that year. You know, he's been hurt since. He wasn't great at the end of 2018. So, uh, like you said, the upside's there. I think he finished third or fourth in 2017. He was in the mix. So, you know, the potential is definitely there for Severino. Absolutely. And the thing with, uh, with, with pitchers is... You know, you could have a guy in 2017 like Severino who had an elite year and then he had some injury concerns. And it, it could take a year or two or however long. Sometimes it even takes a little longer than that for a pitcher to return to the form they once had. Sometimes they never return to the, the previous form. But um, it's, it's like what I said about pedigrees. When you know you have an, a live electric arm like that, they're always they're always live to, uh, to have an, another elite season in them if they're still relatively young. Yeah, I'm looking at the 2017 Cy Young voting now. He he was third. Uh, Kluber won it. Boy, it's funny to look back just a few years ago and things how much things changed. Kluber was first. Sale was second. Severino was third. Top of your head, who was fourth? Can you get? You want to guess? No idea who. Carlos Carrasco. Oh, Carlos Carrasco. Yeah, I mean you can get great numbers on. I wouldn't bet Carlos Carrasco, but uh, Kluber would get you a huge number. Uh, Sale, I think Sale's twenty to one. I'm I'm not betting on Sale, but. Uh, Severino, you know, a guy who who finished third as recently as what five years ago is is now getting a hundred to one. I think, you know, still potential there. Yeah, that's funny. It's funny to look back. Carrasco fourth, Verlander was fifth that year. Kimbrel was sixth when he was on the Red Sox. Irvin Santana was seventh. Boy, it's things change quickly. Um, all right, so you would lean under, I would lean over. Not sure I'm going to bet it, but that's just a lean. I certainly have my concerns, and again, just. Well, Pretty bad offseason here for the Yankees. Uh, a team I am really high on. I think everyone is, so that kind of concerns me. You never want to be on, you know, the, the fad team, and that's Toronto. 91 and a half. They're down a plus 200 to win the division here at Bet Rivers. Uh, I think Chapman's going to fill, fill in great. I mean, obviously, they have position players. They have speed. They have power. 
Uh, you miss Ray a little bit. Ray gave him a great year, but Gossman, I think, will slot in and, and pitch pretty well. Obviously, they have Barrios. They just, they're, they're loaded with young arms, young position players. Uh, I know everyone loves this team, but I love them too. Toronto, over 91 and a half. Your thoughts? Don't hate it. You know, it's the hype team. Every year, there's a hype team or two. This year, it's Toronto. And they've gone out, made some good moves. You know, like you mentioned, Matt Chapman is a, you know, one of the best third basemen in baseball. And I think he just doesn't get the recognition because he's stuck in Oakland. Um, they're the best team in the, the AL East at the beginning of the season. Now it's just on them to, to perform. So I'd probably go over. I, it wouldn't surprise me if, if everybody is right on the is on the right side of this one this time. You know, sometimes public's got to got to win. If uh, if it doesn't work out for Toronto, why didn't it work out? Like, what do you what do you see as their flaws or their concerns? Probably is going to come down to pitching bullpen. It's yeah. not going to come down to the offense unless there's major injuries. I mean, it is a very complete and thorough offense from Vlad Chapman, Teo Oscar, Lord Zaguriel, you know, Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette's a, an MVP candidate, you know, a fringe MVP candidate. I, I think he's a lot better than he gets the recognition for um, with the players around him. But, you know, you, you just... If something goes wrong, it's probably going to come down to pitching and, and lack of bullpen help. Yeah, I mean, I like Manoa, though. I like, you know, they added Kikuchi from the Mariners, who's a good arm. Ryu's solid. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll throw you a solid game. He, you know, he's not going to blow you away with his stuff, but he's the guy who started the All-Star game a couple years ago. So to me, this is a, a well-rounded team. Like you mentioned, the bullpen's not great. But uh, I like this Toronto team. I'm always cautious. Like you said, the hype team, it, it never seems to work out whether it was the Cleveland Browns in football a few years ago or you know, a couple years ago, everyone was on the Reds and it didn't quite work out. Got to keep that in mind, but uh, I'm in on Toronto. I think they're going to be really good. Um, Boston, 84 and a half, about plus 500, plus 450 to win the division. Uh, they add Story. Obviously, you know, they made the ALCS last year. You know, 84 and a half looks a little light. They'll be able to hit with Devers and Bogarts and J.D. Martinez. You figure the offense is going to be good here. Uh, any thoughts on Boston? Yeah, I, I think I like the over. Um, I was surprised how well they played last year. It seems like they accelerated their rebuild uh, very quickly. And Heim Bloom uh, is doing a pretty fantastic job with uh, building that team. And it's, uh, it's impressive to see when you take some of these guys who were in – uh, Tampa in the front office in Tampa and learned from the the organization from the Rays organization and then they move to uh, you know other organizations with much deeper pockets and much better commitments to winning and you see what a a, a talented GM could do when he's given a, a larger payroll and not not constrained like they are in Tampa so it was actually it was very interesting just from my my you know my enjoyment of baseball and how I follow baseball to see the Red Sox, uh, see how High and Bloom rebuilt that team so quickly, especially when he traded Mookie Betts and everybody said, you know, that's crazy. How can you, you know, dump Mookie Betts? And it was obviously, you know, not the the smartest deal of it, you know, in a in a vacuum where you have unlimited money, but they uh, they bounced back the. They, they bounced back fine last year without Mookie. I, I expect improvement this year. So uh, hitting that over would not surprise me with uh, with the organization that's uh, being built by Chaim Bloom. And last and least, 
I know you like this team in terms of down the road here. Baltimore won 51 games last year, 61 and a half. Look, I know they have talent coming. They've got some young position players. They've got some young pitching. Uh, they're going to have their day where they're pretty good again. And, and, you know, whether it's a year from now, two years from now, who knows? Hard in this division to win 62 games. The Baltimore Orioles, 61 and a half win total. To me, this is an under. Uh, what are your thoughts? I haven't, uh, haven't bet this over or under yet. I have made good money the last couple of years betting Baltimore under every year as soon as it opens. And, you know, you make more money on that than you do putting your money in the bank. But this year, I, I wonder, and I, I, I kind of want to look into it, but historically, like, how many years in a row have the worst teams in baseball lost or won less than 60 games? You know, at a certain point, you have to go over this number. You know what I mean? Like, you can't just be that bad for that long without any repercussions in baseball. Um, but then Baltimore didn't really go out and improve their team that much this year. They didn't, you know, is Jordan Lyles a needle-moving free agent signing? No, not to anybody, you know, not to anybody I know. Um, they didn't really go out and, you know, I, it didn't seem like they made a, aggressive offers for Carlos Correa. If anything, he was probably using them as like a stocking horse to get an offer from a better team. But you know, I, I think uh, I think they could get over 60, 61 wins. I don't think they can get much higher than that. Maybe 65. I don't think we're looking at a 70, 75 win team yet. But I wouldn't be surprised if they were slightly more competitive around that number this year. Um, if not then you really just got to start asking what's what's going like what is the what is the plan in Baltimore when it, when are you going to start being good because i i mean it's what it's been 3 4 years already and at a certain point you know you got to perform or you get replaced yeah, uh, I'm with you. Uh, the Knicks for a while, every year, would just go under, under. It was like, I don't know, ten, seven, eight years in a row. And finally, I think it was two years ago, the uh, the shortened season, they went over. And then they're going under again this year. So, you know, some of these bad teams, like you said, they just go under year after year. Uh, my bet here would be the under. I just think it's a brutal division uh, to go over. Uh, just any thoughts in terms of the division overall? Then we can kind of skip around. Any Rookies, you're on top of the spring training stuff. The rookies, any of these rookies in this division stand out to you uh, in spring training? Yeah, I bet a couple guys on the Red Sox. Uh, Jaron Duran, I got him at 100 to one. I got him at 50 to one. Some some big numbers there. Um, I got Tristan Casas at, at 60 to one. He's a potential DH first baseman on the uh, the Red Sox. Both of those numbers have uh, Got, got cut in half or so since I, I bet them, which uh, somewhat typical early in the season. But I, I typically look for guys that have, you know, have a path to consistent playing time early in the season. And uh, Jaron Duran has a shot at being the starting center fielder in uh, Boston. And he was not a power guy. And I typically like to look at power guys because I think home runs get voters' attentions more than anything else. But... Uh, Duran and Casas are my biggest bets with uh, NL East players at the moment. I mean, AL East players at the moment. How about any of these Yankee rookies? Volpe doesn't sound like he's close. Uh, Peraza, I have a feeling, could be the shortstop soon. Uh, if Kiner Flafer doesn't hit, you could put Peraza in the lineup and he could field right away. Uh, you know, Kiner Flafer is not going to be a big-time hitter anyway. Uh, would you think Peraza, Volpe, any of these guys close here for the Yankees? 
I think I have a Peraza card. I was just trying to look and see if I had one in my stack of baseball cards here. Um, I do have an Os- Oswald Peraza baseball card. I I don't have any futures on him because he's not listed. But uh, maybe that's a guy I'll request next week when I'm back in Vegas and see if I can get like a hundred to one on him or hundred fifty to one or something. Because I do like uh, I do like Praza a lot. Uh, I invested him in via the cards. I liked him that much. But uh, no, I don't see any of the Yankees guys really making a, a run at Rookie of the Year. It doesn't doesn't seem like anybody that's that's really uh, being pushed early aggressively. I actually looked at one guy. I, you know, I would have hoped for a better number. I think he's like thirty to one. He pitched pretty well last year. Then he he went down again. Luis uh, Heel. It's, it's spelled G I L. Gill, yeah, yeah. That's my uh, Raza card, by the way. Ah, Sexy. pretty nice. Autograph. Now, can he can he hit, or is he just a glove guy? Oh, he can hit. He, he's he's, ven- he's he, Venezuelan. I, I believe he's he's Venezuelan. Uh, I always forget, is it Oswald or Oswald? Yeah, I think it's Oswald, uh, That right? I'm not sure. I know you're in the ballpark, neighborhood play. You're close enough. Yeah, but so uh, he, he's actually a, a pretty good hitter. <clears throat> um, wouldn't surprise me if he made his debate this year, but uh, I don't know if he's a, a legit uh, rookie of the year guy. But he, a shortstop, you know, always always shortstops. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And it sounds like, look, if, if you're not going to get Correa and Story and Simeon, and Seager, you're probably you probably got big plans for these uh, these shortstops you got in the minors. You're gonna want to see what they can do sooner than later. So I, I would imagine Peraza's up. Uh, Speaking of Trevor's story, by the way, you know, yeah. uh, I had I knew he was signing with the Red Sox two days before Jeff Passan thinks he broke that news, and uh, my friend at MLB Memes, the the meme Twitter account, actually broke that news two days earlier, wow. and. Uh, when the mainstream baseball writers all, you know, start doing their, you know, first reported by this guy, totally didn't credit the people who knew that it was happening two days before, which is always disappointing, but not surprising. But, you know, we're way ahead of that news because that's, wow. that's what we do. Wow, that's a good one. Did you uh, did you do anything with the information? No, I mean, what, what I, Tra- Trevor's story Can't signing really with anything. the Red Sox isn't exactly Tom Brady coming back to the Bucks. You know what I mean? No. Like, it's not going to move the needle much to to get a, a a future bet. And nobody's nobody's writing any articles about the Red Sox bets that they took because Trevor's story was going to sign. It's just sometimes it's nice to know what's going to happen before the the talking heads, uh, you know get to uh get get to say and what's going on yeah no doubt maybe it moved it by a win or two i'm trying to remember what it was before i know correa kind of moved the twins number by three there were some stale 76 and a halfs out there moved up to 79 and a half let's actually let, let's bounce around the american league a little bit uh the central white Sox are minus 250 to win the division tigers and twins both around six to one cleveland around 11 to one i still can't get used to guardians that one's going to take a while and then Kansas City, twelve to one. Uh, just overall thoughts. Anything you'd bet? Anything you wouldn't bet here? I think if you can get the White Sox at like what minus one ninety or so, maybe uh, there's some value there. I've seen some lower numbers out around the market, lower than two fifty. But it's so hard to lay a, a favorite like that in a division race this early in the season. Um, the Twins and the Tigers both definitely the the second tier. Uh, sort of contenders i think twins there's a great great deal to get carlos correa if uh, someone's gonna upset them it's 
probably going to be the Twins. Tigers, I think, are still a year away, but they're getting better. I'm not interested in the Guardians at all because their their payroll is under forty million dollars. They're they're not trying, you know. They're 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 just not. You know, it's a good it's a good organization. It's a good front office, but you're constrained with what you can do when you know you're you're playing with a, a limited budget like that. So until they become more serious about investing in their their franchise, I'm not really interested in investing in in their futures. Um, Kansas City, Bobby Witt is is the big draw on Kansas City, but beyond that, you know, unless you're a Zach Granke fan, I, I can't see them, you know, making a run at a playoff spot. But um, the, the, you know, they'll, they'll be interesting. Some of these some of these organizations, like I said, the Guardians and the Royals, they they have good, competent front offices. They run well. They're just constrained by uh, salary, uh, you know. The, the amount of salary they can they can spend. You mentioned Wit. Uh, is he going to be up right away? I, don't, I think you retweeted it. He hit a home run yesterday. It sounded like a gunshot going off. I mean, he crushed this ball yesterday. He's going to be really good. Is he going to be up the start of the year? We're still not sure. I mean, how many more of those home runs does he have to get before you uh, kind of have to force him into the, the lineup at, at shortstop? Like what, you know, give you an example like O'Neill Cruz who's one of my favorite rookies in Pittsburgh he'll likely start the uh the season at Triple A again even though we know he's a major league player already the uh the Pirates are going to point to the 13 errors he had in 54 Double A games last year at shortstop and say he needs more work he needs more reps you know in the minors and you can get away with that it's not necessarily true that he needs more reps in the minors but you can absolutely get away with that Bobby Witt, I think it is incredibly hard to justify to anybody with an eye for baseball scouting talent that that's a guy who needs another month in AAA. You know, if you think that guy needs another month in AAA, then you know we just have completely different views on on baseball scouting. How good do you think he's going to be? Is he? Do you have any uh, bets on him, or is his numbers just too short? Uh, no bets on, sorry, no, no bets on him. I do you see, I got a couple of his cards. This is an autograph nice. rookie that I, I haven't even taken out of the bubble wrap. It's, it's going to go to PSA for grading, uh, very soon. And most likely it will hit the, uh, the auction block after that. So I can, uh, get some money out of that. I, I heard they're currently selling the good one. Good, good graded cards are currently selling for upwards of three, $4,000. So, um, though that'll be going to PSA sooner than later. I uh, I didn't I didn't bet his rookie of the year because it's like three to one. I just don't think there's a, a ton of value in there at three to one. That's why I bought the cards last year. I figured if I bought his cards, I would get much more than a three X return if he's as good as I think he is. And obviously, you know he he was he's already getting the the Mike Trout comparisons, and people are saying, well, I haven't heard a, a home run hit like that in spring training since I saw Mike Trout, and I'm I do caution people to not compare people to Mike Trout. It's kind of like comparing people to Patrick Mahomes or, you know, Lamar Jackson or whatever. Like, you're just doing the guy a disservice comparing him to Mike Trout this early in his career. Mike Trout, by the by the time Mike Trout was Bobby Witt Jr.'s age, he'd already had a 10-war MLB season. So, you know, don't uh, don't compare people to Mike Trout is what I'm saying. 
All right. So Jason Weingarten says Bobby Witt is the next Mike Trout. You heard it here first. Uh, they <laughs> he's gonna do it with Jason. Good. He's gonna be. He's gonna be an All Star. Jason Dominguez too. Is it? I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right too. That people compare him to Mickey Mantle and stuff like that. Like it's just you, you got to calm down a little bit. I get why people do it. It grabs the headlines and they do have the talent, but again, not the, really. The uh, biggest really thing with prospects as well. Organizations have an incentive to hype up their prospects yeah. to the market to other teams because. You have to. I mean, that's how you, you know, you always have to hype up your your guys. You can't go around and be like, oh, this guy sucks. He's not going to be good. No one's going to want to trade with you. You got to gotta get everyone interested in your guys. And there's always more guys. That's the thing. Is there's always another another class of baseball players coming up behind them. It's never a, never a, we're never going to be done with prospects. Yeah, it helps with their trade value, helps selling merchandise, helps with all that. Uh, how good is Dominguez? I don't know if we've talked, we talked about it last time. How good is Dominguez for the Yankees? And how close is he, do you think? I mean, based on his baseball card prices, he's he's the you know he's Barry Bonds crossed with Mickey Mantle crossed with Nolan Ryan or something. You know, he's he's the best player anyone's ever seen based on the the sale prices of his cards. Um, I personally would like to actually see him you know play against some some uh, you know older competition before we anoint him the the best prospect in baseball, but. Not a lot of not not a lot to dislike from what we've seen. It's just that even in the best case scenario, the bust rate is still probably you know forty fifty percent. He's what two years away? You would say uh, aggressively two years away. Um, maybe maybe we see him at the end of next season if if he performs out of this world. But it's just so hard to to project when when these guys are going to get called up because me like if I was if I'm running a team I I always find myself I'm super over aggressive when it comes to promoting talent compared to what MLB teams are currently doing so it wouldn't surprise me if I'm I'm on the the short side of of him debating I'd probably say it's 2 years away is reasonable all right a couple more, and we'll get you out of here. The AL West, uh, let's see. Astros favored, minus 160 or so in that neighborhood. Uh, Angels plus 350. Mariners were going to be good at some point. Not sure when, but they are going to be good. Uh, plus 450. And then you got Texas in the A's, both 17 to 1. Any bets here? I bet the Astros. I got them in even money to win the division early when the, the markets opened. I thought that was a short price. I think it's a really interesting division because with the expanded playoffs, you have a team like the Angels who might not necessarily win the division, but if they could sneak into the playoffs, you know, you get Trout and Otani. Uh, they're always going to be live in a, in a short series, in a, a five-game series to win with uh, a healthy Trout and Otani at the top of that lineup. The Mariners, you know, they won like 90 games last year, yeah. and they went out and signed Robbie Ray and traded for Jesse Winker, a Cy Young, a MVP candidate, uh, very impressive from from them. Uh, Julio Rodriguez, one of my favorite rookies, likely uh, inside track at the opening day center field job. Uh, there was a tweet yesterday. Somebody tweeted. I, I was I go through the 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 you know I crawl Twitter for when Julio Rodriguez or one of my rookies does something to see what what who what's saying who's saying what. Somebody said Julio Rodriguez. Uh, Mariners center fielder built like an Alabama defensive end. You know, we finally we're finally winning. So Mariners fans are very happy. Um, 
I like Julio Rodriguez a lot. I think, you know, he's one of my favorite rookies. Wouldn't surprise me if the Mariners ended up winning that division. If the Astros didn't win the division, maybe the uh, the Angels are live. And then you got the Rangers. You know, the Rangers went out and signed uh, Marcus Semien and Corey Seager. It's a nice, uh, nice way to start a rebuild. I don't think they're going to contend this year. I wouldn't necessarily bet 18 to 1 to win the West, but I think the Rangers might be a little better than people expect this year. It's a again, it's a solid front office. Came over from uh, from LA from the Dodgers. They know what they're doing. I think they know how to build a team. Yeah, uh, and this just in: Tyree Kill has been traded to the Miami Dolphins. Oh wow! I thought I, I thought the Jets might have. I, I was reading the Jets might have been making a move, and it's the Dolphins. That's a very him and Waddle will be a pretty solid uh, wide receiver combination. They're really good, except you know you're dealing. You got a deep threat, and two is that's not his strength throwing the ball down the fields. I mean, how many bubble screens and, and slants can you run? Boy, that that came out of nowhere. This NFL offseason's been crazy. Every day it's a different story between Adams and the quarterbacks. Matt Ryan now. Uh, now Tyree Kill goes to the AFC East. So, boy, just a, a crazy offseason here in the NFL. The NFL is a really good job uh, usurping the headlines of anything going on, whether it's college basketball tournament or uh, baseball. They just drop a story, and everybody's attention turns from you know that to, to the NFL, which really is just a reminder how big the NFL is compared to everything else. They They turn heads, you know? literally all the time yeah it's incredible uh, uh one more question on the al west uh, yeah I'm, I'm interested too in texas i'll look at their over now actually because that, that's an interesting one you figure they'll be able to, they'll be able to hit uh it, jack lighter is he this year next year how good is he you know um he's a guy i i haven't talked much about fantasy baseball because my my draft is on sunday and i i don't play high stakes fantasy baseball for money it's just the personal high stakes with my friends that we've been in a dynasty league since college. And, you know, nobody wants to lose to your friends. So no. I don't talk much about fantasy baseball till I draft my team. I'm drafting on Sunday. But uh, Jack Leiter is one of my uh, dynasty targets that I will be spending a lot of money on. And hopefully nobody in my league is listening to this um, this week. Although I'm sure they probably... Wouldn't be surprised to hear this, but uh, I saw Leiter, Jack Leiter's 200 to one to win the Rookie of the Year at uh, Westgate this week. Wow, and 200 to one, you know, like it's it's sort of like you, you see anything at 200 to one, you got to stop and think about it because remember that's such a small percentage. You only have to be right a, a very small percent of the time to break even on 200 to ones, but it's sort of a situation where. I don't necessarily think the Rangers have an incentive to push lighter and get them to 150 innings this year. If if even 100 or 50, you know, we're more likely to see them for 50, 60 innings at the second half of the season than we are, you know, throwing him in and having him throw 100 plus innings as a as a rookie this year. Um, so I, I didn't bet the 200, but I did take note that that he is available at 200 to one. He's a he's a you know, an, an ace in the making, just not necessarily this year. Yeah. Uh, I just looked Texas 73 and a half wins. That, that's interesting. That's about right. I yeah, right about where I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, all right. Anything else? Any golf picks this week? Yeah, I just got a couple. Uh, so the, uh, what do you call it? The, the, the tournament. 
world the WGC actually started today, so we're already underway for the the, the big event. But uh, there's uh, the Qatar Masters starts at 11 o'clock tonight. I got uh, Wilco Wilco Nina Bar. I, I never know how to say his last name. He's South African. He's a he's a you know a, a power hitter. Good uh, good with the driver. Um, they're playing at the Doha Country Club, which is a nice course. It's a pretty pretty interesting course. Got a lot of imported Arizona cactus, uh, water hazards. I think it's got eight lakes across the uh, the holes. And then there's uh, there's projected high winds on Sunday, so 25 mile an hour wind Sunday. Uh, usually, final round of Euro Tour golf is chaotic as is. So uh, took a couple. Took a couple South Africans, guys that I know are uh, nice, nice uh, guys, n- nice hitters off the tee. Uh, besides uh, Neen Bar, however you say his name, I got Brandon Stone at sixty to one. I got uh, Jorge Campillo. He's uh, he's a Spaniard, sixty-five to one. And I got, I got uh, Jacques uh, Kruzwick, K R U Y S W I J K. I think it's Kruzwick. Uh, 80 to one there. Then I got uh, Matt, Maddie, Mattathias Schmid. Uh, Maddie is also how they pronounce his first name. I just say Mattathias. Got him a top ten at five to one. I got a Ju- Justin Harding top ten at three and a half to one, and a Justin Harding top twenty at plus one sixty five. So it's my uh, Euro card this week. And then in uh, the the Punta Cana, the Oppo Field event that starts tomorrow. I got Smotherman fifty to one, Wyndham Clark sixty-five to one, Whaley a hundred to one, and then I made half-unit bets on uh, Roger Sloan and Trey Mullenix at a uh, hundred to one for uh, half half-unit bets, as you would call it. All right, How, how's golf been treating you this year? I know you hit Luke List about a month or so ago. Any, any other winners? How's it been going? Yeah, no, uh, no exciting winners since then. I've had a couple top tens. Um, top 10s pay like 10 to 1 or so on the the euro tour so those those of you know you know keep, keeps you afloat nothing to really complain about but uh last week uh valspar davis riley guy bet on a lot Oof. he uh lost in a playoff he was 200 to 1 300 to 1 and i'm, I'm to still not too. sure how i feel about that because i didn't bet him last week because i was busy in vegas i was like i'll just take golf off this week but do you feel better when you don't bet a 200 to 1, 300 to 1 guy that you always bet and he loses in a playoff? Yes, like, absolutely. I don't know. Am I supposed to feel good that he lost or am I yes. supposed to be upset that I didn't bet it? I'm, I'm still trying to reconcile the emotions here. Uh, yeah, a little both. No, you should be upset because he could have gotten him in a playoff and then he was minus money. So, yeah. I, well, I thought probably. about that. If I had got him in the playoff, I said, well, think about it. If you had like 200 bucks on him at 200 to 1, you know, you could have hedged in the playoff, and I could have yeah. gone to the window at Circa and bet, you know, 20000 bucks on Sam Burns or whatever. But you can't think like that because now you're saying, well, I would have had this. I would have done this. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I don't like to say, well, I would have done this in that situation. I probably just would have sat there and bet basketball and let it ride. So can't be too upset. So there you go. That's your – yeah, you, it's so much – it's just – such an important point the peace of mind aspect of betting and beating yourself up over what you bet what you didn't bet i wish i bet more i'm guilty of it i think we all are but it's such an important part of look just just kind of let it go you bet what you bet you didn't bet what you didn't bet for a reason and, and you kind of play the ball where it lies 
Yeah, I mean, it's the, 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 one of the hardest things about gambling is teaching yourself to be a forward thinker, not a backwards thinker. You don't want to think about things that have already happened. You want to focus on things that are going to happen. You know, gambling is about the future, not about the past. Let me, I don't have a pen. I need to write that down. I need to write that down and text it to myself. That is a good point. It's a good way of putting it. Uh, I think we can end on that. Jason, I appreciate you coming on. Check out his podcast, the Wide World of Weingarten podcast. He had a great episode the other day where he reviewed different sports books in Vegas, covered all the NFL news. So uh, check out his podcast. It's a lot of fun. It's very different. So uh, if you haven't checked that out, check that out. Jason, appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks. We'll do it again soon. Thanks for having me. Always, always fun talking with you, Will. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Jason Weingarten. Uh, as you guys heard when I was recording that, Tyreek Hill has been traded to the Miami Dolphins. It was between the Dolphins and the Jets. Now there's conflicting reports. Ian Rappaport saying it's not done. Schefter saying it is done. Um, boy, it's uh, Schefter is reporting now that the Chiefs and the Jets had a trade in place. Chiefs would have gotten picks 35, 38, and 69 from the Jets. Jets would have gotten Hill in number 103. Um, except, I'm trying to read here why this fell through. Schefter tweeted that the Jets trade off to the Chiefs for Tyreek Hill that Kansas City would have accepted if the wide receiver opted for New York did not include a first-round pick, but rather multiple picks that were commensurate to the Dolphins' offer based on the draft value chart that teams use per sources. So that is Schefter's tweet. So according to Schefter, it's not the Jets not offering enough or not doing this or that. It's that Tyreek Hill, for whatever reason, preferred Miami, preferred to play with the Dolphins uh, instead of the Jets. So it came down to Tyreek Hill's choice. I guess there was a contract dispute. Couldn't hammer out a, uh, an extension with the Chiefs at that point. He said, all right, get me out of here. Let's just let's both of us move on. Chiefs said that's fine. So the Chiefs trade him to Miami. Boy, this NFL offseason, it never stops. It never stops between Russell Wilson and Adams and Watson. It's just one day after another, there's a different story. So would have been a nice weapon for the Jets. Jets have better receivers than you might think with, you know, with, with Berrios and, uh, you know, more came on last year. But look, Hill's an all-time, he's just a, a tremendous, one of the best weapons, might be the best weapon in the league. Now he's getting a little older, but still, uh, he is a home run hitter, not just in what he does in terms of the stats, but the command, uh, the, the attention he commands, the fear he commands, the way you have to adjust the defense around him uh, is obviously game-changing. That being said, Mahomes' arm strength and Hill's speed was an all-time duo. That, that ain't Patrick Mahomes in Miami. You're going to go to Tua, who, let's face it, he's got a noodle arm. He's not what everyone thought he would be coming out. Uh, it's going to be a little different. And I know he's got Waddle there. And those are two really good receivers, two really fast receivers. Uh, but look, it's you're not going to have that same threat here. I mean, how many bubble screens and how many slants can you run? It's it's not the same when the defense knows you can't really throw it over their head. So kind of sad that the Mahomes-Hill combo is a thing of the past. I mean, that's really, it's an all-time, it's like a video game combo. It's like, uh, you know, remember when, when Moss and Brady were on the Pats together, uh, just it, it became almost unfair. I mean, Mahomes and Hill is one that's going to live, live on forever. It's an all-time duo, and it is now a thing of the past. So... Tyree Kill goes to Miami. Jets were in the mix. He chose Miami over the Jets, so can't kill the Jets for that one. Would have been a nice addition. Uh, but look, it's, it's not like this puts Miami in the mix as being a contender. It's not like it puts the Jets in the mix as being a contender. So if you're the Jets, you just keep the hope hope building. Uh, you know, keep building. Hope that Wilson's the real deal. You know, giving a bunch of picks for, for Hill, I would have completely understood it. But again, when you're giving up a bunch of picks and it doesn't make you a contender, uh, Maybe it's not the worst thing that he chose Miami over the Jets. But again, would have helped him. Would have helped him this year. Would have helped him in the short term. So 
Tyreek Hill to Miami. So I'm sure we'll spend many, spend many more uh, shows here in the next week or two talking about football, the draft. So busy time of year between baseball and football and uh, NBA playoffs coming up soon. NCAA tournament still going on. So a lot to do the rest of the week. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Jason Weingarten. We will be back tomorrow. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.